we stand together as evangelicals knowing there's issues we can all band together on. You're not trying to be a denomination. You're not trying to pull churches away from that. But you're trying to say we want to come alongside and support you and help you because there's always a cultural war. I think that's the misnomer today. People think, well, you know, we're in a post-Christian culture. Mm. From the moment of the fall, we were in a post-Christian culture. We have never not been. And welcome once again to another edition of Footnotes. Pastor Mark here, and today in the studio, I'm joined by John Piper. Nope. Wait a minute. No. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I'm joined by Mark Dever. No. no. All right. Trevin Wax. No. No. All right, I got it. I got it. I am joined by the son of... John F. Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen, Jared Kennedy. That is surprisingly not the first time I've heard that. Yeah. That's not surprising at all that I've heard that all my life. But ha- have yeah, you ever have true. you ever decided to write a children's book that says, "Ask not what your children can do for you, but what you can do for your children"? <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, pray about all. that. All right, <laughs> okay. pray about that. Anyway, all the way from Americus, Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined here by, truthfully, Jared Kennedy, who is a member and uh, I want to say author. Well, you are an author of books, but I'm about to tag on Gospel Coalition, and I don't know what your official title is at the Gospel Coalition. Yes, I'm just an editor. Oh, editor at the Gospel Coalition. So today, if you're listening, we want to educate you, and we want to talk about what is the Gospel Coalition. What exactly does Jared do at the Gospel Coalition? With a name like Jared, do they kind of do like the subway company did with their Jared? Do they parade you around and they're like, hey, (laughs) tell people they can lose weight with our articles? Or uh, maybe you do something else there. And then finally, what we want to do is not only talk about what he does— why it matters and how you as a believer in Christ can be encouraged through the ministry of the Gospel Coalition, how they can benefit the local church. So if that interests you, stick around. We're going to talk about that today. Awesome. All right, Jared. So let's just jump right in. Welcome. And uh, you are with the Gospel Coalition. Tell us what that is and what you do there, and kind of how you got all involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, you introduced me as from Americus, Georgia, which is true. Yes. That's where I graduated from high school. And I, but for I, the last 20 years, I have um, lived in Louisville, Kentucky, and that's where I live with my family, my wife, Megan, and our three girls, Rachel, Lucy, and, and Elizabeth. Yes, so. and I, I thought the most interesting thing about you was that you were from Americus, Georgia, because I am a huge presidential history buff, and when he said the word Americus, I about fell out of my chair, because that's where Jimmy Carter is from, that's and right. I said, Americus, Georgia, you've got to be kidding me. So that was the best part of my yep. day. I mean, forget that you're in Louisville. What's in Louisville? Nothing. Forget <laughs> that you're with the Gospel Coalition. What do they even do? You're from Americus, Georgia. I'm just kidding. Yes, I've been to the Windsor Hotel where he gave his acceptance speech for president. So, yes, yes. Well, you, you heard, I know that history. You I mean, heard me at lunch tell the waitress 
Bobby, I told her that I had driven to Grand Rapids to see Gerald Ford's yes. presidential library. Yes. So that's how committed to all these things I am. And so when you told me that, I was like, I've never met anyone from Plains. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. So anyway. 10 minutes away. Wow. So, um, yes. So the, you asked what the Gospel Coalition is. The Gospel Coalition is a coalition of pastors and church leaders uh, who work together to create resources of various kinds, both events and articles on our website and books uh, to support the local church, uh, to help it define uh, the gospel, to understand what the gospel is, to defend the gospel, and I think most importantly, to declare the gospel to the next generation. And so it's an organization that was founded not by any of those guys you named at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, and by... I was only kidding. I just wanted to, <laughs> to, to start off fun. Yeah. But um, by Timothy Keller, who was a Presbyterian pastor in New York City, and uh, D.A. Carson, Don Carson, uh, who is still um, um, a seminary professor in Chicago uh, with the Evangelical Free Church Seminary that's there. Uh, they were friends, and they wanted to get together a group of pastors that was cross-denominational and have a place that, where they could do academic thinking, but also publishing for the church that would support um, the church around the world. Um, and we're now a number of uh, regional chapters of pastors throughout the country in 36 coalitions uh, in different countries around the world that uh, these pastors convene together on a regular basis, and then we learn from what they're doing in order to serve the church with resources like articles and, and books and, and podcasts um, that you might be familiar with uh, from, our, from our website, tgc.org. Yeah, and like we were discussing earlier, I feel like personally the Gospel Coalition has very good branding because even if you don't really know what that is, you've heard of it if you've been in an evangelical conservative church. Instantly, people go, oh, yeah, the Gospel Coalition. I know something about that. I've seen a blog or an article or something on an email about the Gospel Coalition. So you have this great branding power. It's it's like Band-Aid. You know, Band-Aid was the name brand of a Band-Aid, and then it became associated with Band-Aids um, or, or like Q-Tip, same way. You yeah. know? So you're kind of like Q-Tip and you have this great name, Gospel Coalition, and people know the word, the phrase, but they may not exactly know what you do. More than likely, as you mentioned already, most people would have come across articles. That's right. Yeah. Articles probably in podcasts and, and videos. You may have come to one of our uh, conferences, our national conference um, every other year, our women's conference nationally, but uh, probably the the thing you've run across the most is just an article on this or that on on the website, which is a big part of what I do as an editor uh, for the Gospel Coalition. So that the primary two areas I serve are in pastoral ministry content and Bible and theology content on the gotcha. site. So I'm acquiring yeah. articles for those those two areas, uh, working to to vet the content and and edit copy edit the content and. Uh, and get that published on our website. And then I also acquire books for our partnership with Crossway Books. And so I'm talking to pastors and church leaders about 
you know, especially folks who have written for us on the website a number of times who I know are good writers and uh, and solid thinkers and helping encourage them to create resources that will serve the larger church. Yeah, so you're not a denomination. You're not trying to We're be not, a denomination. No. But you are trying to come along cross-denominational boundaries providing these resources. Give examples to a listener of this podcast if they said, okay, yes, I've heard about the Gospel Coalition. What would be some examples of articles? Now, you mentioned I'm actually in the pastoral ministry branch. Yeah. So a, so a church member in the pew might think, well, then that's not for me. You know, you have nothing to offer me. You're doing this for the pastor. He needs all the help he can get. Trust me, I listen to that guy every week. He needs help. Granted, I agree. But you have incredible resources that are very practical and relevant. We were talking about some of this with the uh, the fellow in um, up north with the collar who had written. I don't want to oh, yeah, say too much absolutely. about that. Unless, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe kind of explain, practically speaking, some resources you have provided to anyone, local church, whoever, because what I want to do is maybe encourage some of our people listening to this, Google Gospel Coalition. Yes. Look at some of these resources. If you're asking questions about culture or whatever the case may be, this would be a good place for you to read. And we'll talk in just a minute about, you know, the trustworthiness of, of it, but what what are some of those extra resources other than pastoral? Yeah, I mean, what we were, I, I can tell that story we were talking about over lunch. Uh, Sam Ferguson, Dr. Sam Ferguson is a, a pastor in the Washington, D.C. Um, area at the, the Falls Church, Anglican Church. And so it's an, an Anglican church there in D.C. And he was at a group of pastors. The pastors in our coalition are majority Baptist, um, like you and I are, or, or Presbyterian. Um, and so Sam, you know, is the only guy there in the room who who has a collar on that sticks that, out just that a little stuck bit. Stuck out a little bit, but um, and that gathering of pastors, they were sh- they were sharing and talking about um, some of the the gender ideology that's in our culture today. And Sam was talking about a relationship he had discipling a family through uh, their daughter experiencing uh, gender dysphoria. Um, wanting to transition to be a boy and what that process of walking them through the Bible and telling them what the scriptures teach about gender looked like. And it was really great. And that, and you know, a, a very difficult situation. But what you saw was a room of men across different kinds of churches, Presbyterian churches, Baptist churches, maybe Methodist churches that were there in the room together who said, oh, this is a pastoral situation that maybe I know someone who's going through this. I want to really learn from Sam today. Um, That conversation that happened in one of our local regional chapter gatherings became uh, one of our best articles on the website in 2022, the transformation of a transgender teen um, that it, you can you can read that article online. It's written by Sarah Zalstra, one of our our journalists. Became a book that I worked with Sam on uh, called "Does God Care About Gender Identity?" And those things we learned from gathering those pastors and and giving them the opportunity to learn from one another are now uh, by God's grace resources that are, are equipping the church and helping churches across the country um, work through these these difficult 
issues. And so that's that's uh, my heart and what we do is to to learn from what is happening in the larger church to uh, call those resources and help equip other churches around the country to grow. And a very them. good example of uh, this is definitely a very relevant resource we provide to you, the Christian, because Christians have questions like that. How do I handle that? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the reliability, the safety of Gospel Coalition, because somebody listening might go, well, how do I know that we could trust those articles? Uh, you and I were talking over lunch, and we keep saying this, but you know, there have been schisms, even in Reformed yeah. evangelical camps, uh, whether it's uh, people who lean to this particular issue or against this particular issue, and we've even seen pastors divide. I was mentioning to you um, one particular conference that uninvited two guests to speak who had been long time over Dallas statement issues. Mm. And so we're seeing more of a divide in the evangelical circles mm. today. How how would you describe Gospel Coalition reliability? And I say that because truthfully, yeah. The accusation has been leveled. I've heard it from pastors. Oh, they're they're liberal. You know, mm. they're masking as that's liberal. You know, you don't want to listen to that or trust mm. that. I just want to address that elephant in the room. Maybe that's sure. there. So, how would you respond to that? Because you're Baptist, you love Jesus, you went to Southern Seminary. You know, yeah, you're not trying right. to to exit to exit the Bible. You know, uh, anything like not. that. Um, so anyway. No, our heart is to be, um, Dr. Carson described it as prophetic uh, from the center, and the center not being just the center of all issues, liberal and conservative, but the center in the sense that we want to be centered on the gospel, center on the truth and reliability of God's word, see how that uh, evaluates the different cultural issues that come our way, and speak from there in a, in a way that, that shows evangelical unity um, to the, to the issues of the day. Um, I, I would say one of the ways that looks in our editorial process is that, uh, we're always fighting for unity around the center. And so when we critique people that are on the right, um, for saying things that are unbiblical, we're typically not going to, um, pick one of our, uh, pastors that, uh, you know, maybe it is, you know, nobody in, in our network is uh, liberal, but who who may have a, a, you know, a little more open and progressive views about, I mean, something as, as simple as uh, whether multi-site churches or mega churches, something good, we're probably not going to pick one of those more missional guys to critique to the right. If we're critiquing to the left, we're going to not pick our, like, most right side guy to do that critique. We're going to we're going to have guys who like appreciate something about uh, those folks they're critiquing. And so two good examples of this is um, Kevin DeYoung is uh, one of our council members, very conservative Presbyterian pastor. Um, and when we wanted to write an article critiquing uh, Christian nationalism um, and the idea of um, creating a, a Christian government structure being a a, a good thing, something that Baptists haven't historically been about. Uh, we asked Kevin, who's a Presbyterian, who has some affinity for that, 
uh, to read the book we were wanting to critique and him to write that article. Um, when we were critiquing um, Andy Stanley's church for affirming homosexuality, uh, we didn't pick Kevin to write that article. We asked uh, J.D. Greer, who former Southern Baptist president, who's a leader in a big megachurch, who has learned from Andy Stanley and, and that, that missional seeker church model, but who understands the authority of the scriptures and that when uh, Andy hosted a conference as his church that affirmed homosexuality, that, he, that he'd stepped over the line into a liberalism. We asked J.D. to write that, that article for us. And so our hope would be that in doing that, those of us who are, are near the center in the gospel would be able to um, lock arms together and stand back to back in love and grace together and say there is a place still in our world for an evangelical church, um, not a denomination, but where those of us who differ on views of baptism and views of church governments, the Anglicans like Sam Ferguson that I mentioned and Presbyterians and Baptists can, can stand together and say, we believe in the authority of the scriptures. We believe in the centrality and the importance of the gospel. And we're going to stand together against the things in our culture that sometimes come from the right and sometimes come from the left that threaten that. And we're going to love one another in that in that fight. So that's how I'd answer the question. Yeah, so that's great. I mean, you, you have biblical fidelity. Uh, you love the scriptures, committed to Christ. So I would say trustworthy sight. Yes. Uh, trustworthy sight. Go there. You can read. You can expand your mind. And I love that center. D.A. Carson is just brilliant. You know, he's going to go down as one of uh, the greats of our time, I think. Yes. And I would trust pretty much anything by D.A. Carson. I mean, I'm not saying he's infallible. Only the scripture is infallible, but he's certainly been used by God. I love Tim Keller. I mean, when he was alive, he did a lot of great apologetic uh, you know, stuff that was put out. Of course, a lot of good stuff on the church as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a wonderful expositor. He was Presbyterian. I'm Baptist. And I think that's what you're saying. We we stand together as evangelicals knowing there's issues we can all band together on. You're not trying to be a denomination. You're not trying to pull churches away from that. But you're trying to say we want to come alongside and support you and help you because there's always a cultural war i think that's the misnomer today people think well you know we're in a post-christian culture Hmm. from the moment of the fall we were in a post-christian culture we have never not been (laughs) if you read genesis sodom and gomorrah happened then that's worse than anywhere else so This idea, well, you know, things have changed and let's look at the data. We don't need data. We already know since the fall, post-Christian culture, anything outside of the garden is is that. And Christians have to learn to live in that. Mm-hmm. And we have this, you know, belief already not yet. And the kingdom of God is has been, um, you know, what is it? It's been inaugurated but not consummated. And so we, we wait and we pray for the fullness of the kingdom. And, and there we are right there we are so that's good and i appreciate those resources and i I just want to add to that when i would just say to you i i think christians do disagree about things um and if if you think christians are disagreeing publicly about things you should see our editorial meetings like we disagree (laughs) with with each other about things but um i think 
very often we have more in common, more to be united about than we differ about. Um, we, we have the unity and the reliability and the authority and the inerrancy of the scriptures to be united on. We have uh, the substitutionary atonement of our Savior, um, that Jesus, by his perfect life and perfect death, um, has won salvation for us to be united over. And I think if we can hold tight to those things that are central, that really are the center of the Christian faith, um, that we can stand together against uh, those things that that come against the church, both in the culture and in our own hearts, as uh, that is where the major battle with sin is fought for for all of us. Yeah, it reminds me of the old saying, who was the church father? And I should not quote because I'm not going to get this <laughs> right, and somebody out there will just spit it out. But what was it in, in matters of doctrine? Um, you know, there's got to be purity, and in matters of secondary issues, charity. That's right. But yeah. I don't remember who said that. So yes. I'm going to say it was Pastor Mark. It was it was it was Jimmy <laughs> Carter from America's Georgia. Yes, yes, where Jared F. Kennedy is from. <laughs> yes. So anyway, all right. Well, that's awesome. That's what the Gospel Coalition does. It's what they produce. What a ministry. What a blessing. Now, uh, let's go a little bit further because we want to talk about you as well. You're our yeah, guest. Yeah. So so you have mentioned this is kind of what I do there. Can you go into more detail? What exactly are you producing um, and doing and serving the local church through what you're doing? Because you used to be a pastor. Yeah, that's You right. left pastoral ministry to do this. Yes. But you see this as a missional opportunity, obviously. I, I do. What a platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I served uh, for about 15 years in local churches, primarily as a children's minister and family pastor there. Um, and one of the great things I get to do uh, at the Gospel Coalition is is acquire content um, and write content that equips um, children to grow up in the faith. And so uh, the New City Catechism is one of our, our resources that uh, we equip churches to teach children about the faith. Um, I've written a book uh, with TGC called Keeping Your Children's Ministry on Mission that helps children's ministers see some of the gospel truths behind what they do in in the classroom and so that's a um in the children's ministry wing at the church and so those are um that's a big part of my personal story and it it still informs uh the way i get to serve other churches through tgc and, and i think you know little articles like we've uh, one i wrote recently is on for the four views of communion and just i think sometimes um, you know, if you're in the pew every Sunday, you might hear a sermon every year or every other year on what the Lord's Supper is, but um, don't maybe fully understand what's the difference between a Baptist view and a Lutheran view and a and a Presbyterian view of of the supper. And so, being able to to take doctrinal concepts and explain them really simply. Um, one project we're working on right now. Uh, this was. Dr. Carson's brainchild um, is we're having our council members and the pastors in our networks and seminary professors who are friends of ours rank uh, the best commentaries on each book of the Bible. And we're created some pages on the site that'll have sort of the best commentaries on each 
on each book that'll um, in three categories, introductory commentaries that are for Sunday school teachers and women's ministry directors and just the person who's studying the Bible on their own, uh, preaching commentaries that are for pastors that have sermon outlines and are based in English, and then scholarly commentaries that have Greek and Hebrew in them that if you're a Sunday school teacher, you probably want to stay away from, but if you're writing a seminary paper, they're, re- they're really helpful for you. Um, and so that's a fun project. I, I am a geek when it comes to books. And so um, getting to kind of work with our uh, council members and pastors and assess those commentaries and get that out. And I think it'll be a great resource for the larger church to be able to look online and, and, and see what those recommendations are. Um, I think all the time I'm talking to, um, yeah, the women's ministry director at our church, he's like, what Bible study do you know that we, we are thinking about doing James next year with the women's ministry, which, which ones would you recommend? Um, or here's three I picked up, which one do you think is, is faithful? And so to, to have that kind of resource that'll serve the larger church is something that we're just thinking about those kinds of questions all the time and, and creating web sources, resources that'll, they'll help the church discern those kinds of things. Yeah, which is fantastic because we go back to what you do. It's not only the articles that are probably your most famous item. You know, people, I I don't know where I come across these, but I see them on Facebook or I see them, you know, through in the old days, emails, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you come across those, but you're saying, look, we have a podcast, we have a conference, we produce books. Yep, that's right. Um, You said New City Catechism. I know our children here went through that. Uh, for quite a while they may still be going through it I don't know but that's part of the product that you've produced and you've provided so you're more than just a publishing agency I mean you're doing all these different things to come alongside the church and say we want to help and we want to provide that's absolutely fantastic and I love your idea about the commentaries because I live off of commentaries but not all commentaries are equal they are. And not yeah. all are the same. And even various books of the Bible, it depends on, you know, you can't just unilaterally say, oh, this one author is good yeah. on every book of the Bible. So I have found that to be just a valuable resource when I can come across what I'm looking for and understand the scripture in a greater way. And, uh, you know, some Christians think, well, why do you need all that? Just go to your Bible. But really all this is is a conversation that you're having with the author of the book or the article about the Bible. Mm-hmm. You will never get to sit down with C.H. Spurgeon and talk about the Bible. <laughs> That's right. But you can read his book. Yes. And you will never get to potentially, or I won't, you know, sit down and talk with uh, James Boyce or John MacArthur. But I can read what they wrote or listen to their resources and and I'm having that conversation just like I would in a small group centered around Scripture. Now, of course, it's not as good live because you can't ask questions and get the immediate return. Yes. But it, but it's such a value, yes. right? Such a benefit. So just to encourage you there for what you're doing. How Well, and I, I went to seminary for 10 years, but I don't always remember, um, you know, exactly when King Hezekiah's reign was and what were the historical situation around that reign and— I'm I'm reading Alec Motier's um, commentary on Isaiah uh, right now just to study Isaiah personally, and I'm being reminded of all of that history, and it puts the prophecy that he's giving to 
the people in context. It helps me see, oh, this is why he's preaching this message right now, what the temptations were that were before the people. And I think when we were willing to study the history behind the books and study the way the book is outlined and structured, it, it helps us deepen our understanding of the word. And we know that a deepened understanding of the word is a way to grow in a deepened understanding of the Lord and deeper in that relationship with the Lord. Um, yeah, uh, we, none of us, it's bad if you have that kind of attitude uh, with your spouse. You know, you're like, I don't need to study them <laughs> and really understand. I can just, like, I've talked to her for years. You know, <laughs> you know, it, you want to study your spouse. You want to know what it, the emotions are and what the stories are by, behind those words. You want the conversation to get deeper and deeper so that you can know know them better and better and deepen that that walk in relationship in your marriage. And in the same way, we're united to Christ, and he wants us to study in those ways to, to have a deepened relationship with him yeah. as well. And the beautiful thing about going back to commentaries, sometimes you read it and you go, oh, I was wrong. Yeah, that's right. I, I think the best commentary on the Psalms, hands down, and this is my humble and inaccurate opinion, okay. is uh, James Montgomery Boyce's uh, well, I have three volumes on the Psalms. My wife found these jewels of mine in my study. She swiped them, and she uses them when she teaches Bible at the Christian school that we have yeah. here as a ministry. And I'm like, where did my boys' Psalms go? And she's like, oh, I have them. They're so good. I use them every day in my class. Well, you know, you read through the Psalms. You pray through the Psalms. They're beautiful. But when I read Boyce, I realize, well, I got that one wrong, right? I yeah. totally misunderstood the context of that psalm. That's right. I totally interpreted that psalm incorrectly. Now that I know and I, I'm better informed, um, I can worship the Lord in a more beautiful way. So resources are so valuable. How many people would you say your website traffic and your resources, and I know that's probably a huge number. I'm not number. the person to ask that. So. Would, we, would we say like McDonald's, billions and billions served? Uh, I mean, maybe, yeah, over the course of you're, the you're history. global. We are global. So we're and in, you're in how many countries? In 36 languages. And so I, I know that goes probably, it's on the internet, and so it probably goes to more countries than that. But coalitions um, in about that many countries um, and that are serving those languages to go around the world. So I would say, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. We don't know a number, but we would say yeah. it's not a hundred. That's right? correct. It's yes. probably not one hundred people. Yes, yeah. yes, it's in the thousands daily yeah. and and um, and growing. So, so you have a wide impact in the gospel area. We think globally to some degree. By God's grace, we have, yeah. we pray we do. That's awesome. Okay, let's let's go to this. So we've talked about what is the Gospel Coalition. What are you doing there? Some of the ministry that God's called you to do. Why would this matter? I think we've already somewhat touched on this, yeah. but it's worth repeating it for a church member that would listen to this podcast and say, I've never heard of the Gospel yeah. Coalition. Now I know who they are. I know their website. I'll be a little more open to reading their articles. And why would we say we need these resources, these conferences and podcasts and books and catechisms? And I, I think instantly I go, well, what if we didn't have these resources? Hmm. Right. So the church has not always had the technological means 
to influence and impact at such a rate that it does today. Mm -hmm. So if we did not have these resources, can you imagine on our own in the cultural milieu that we're in, how would how would we operate? Well, we don't know. God would somehow still be sovereign and still be using the church in some way. But what a blessing that we do mm-hmm. have these resources. I wonder if you could touch on that a little more, um, how the why is so significant and how we apply it. Yeah, I think unity is so important. And you think of John 17 and Jesus praying for the future disciples who would come after um, him after he ascended back to heaven. And he prayed that we would be one. Um, and we are not one denominationally. You know, we have differences on things. But um, just the same way that different people within the local church have different spiritual gifts, and God has given those them those gifts so that they can build one another up in the local church. I think very often... God gives Christians in their different contexts, in their different denominational contexts, and their different uh, cultural contexts around the world, the opportunities to to learn and have different experiences and really build one another up in the faith. I was talking about just learning from our editorial team a little bit over lunch and listening to um, some of our Presbyterian editors talk about just the importance of the weekly pastoral prayer that they have in their church and the pastors praying for uh, the needs of the sick and the needs of the the, peop- the other churches and the community and those kinds of things. And it was something that was really challenging to me. You know, it was, I'm in a little bit larger church and we're not always, some t- we're not always thinking about all the other churches in the city, but I was like, what a beautiful picture and model of, of unity. And I think when we see that, those beautiful things happening in other churches. We talked about Sam Ferguson a little earlier and ways they're doing ministry in a context that might be slightly different from our own. We're able to learn from them. I think God uses that um, to build up his global church um, in the gospel. And I think that's something we should be humble enough to say, uh, yes, we think we're right on baptism and church government and the Baptist church, but... um, we're not going to change our distinctives on those things, but we want to be humble enough to say I, we don't see everything, and we want to learn from where he's at work in other groups of Christians, and and have a humble heart to be able to to receive that and and grow in it. Well, and we're Southern Baptists at Broadway. You're from Southern that. Baptist, yeah. Yep, that's so right. we have that background. And is it fair to say that there was a time in the history of the Southern Baptist when the idea was we're the only ones God is using? You know, we're the only accurate ones. I've encountered that. Well, you're older than me, so maybe so, you remember. <laughs> well, and and from another worldview that was Baptist, it was like if you weren't baptized in our our particular denomination, you're not saved you know you got to get rebaptized even if you're baptist and i had an old preacher say well if we're all god's got god's in trouble Hmm. and i think that's true Mm -hmm. uh, across the spectrum for Mm -hmm. these denominations i think we're all god's got god's Mm. not using anybody in the anglican church Mm. or god's not j.i packer was anglican right that's right so i mean of course god's using c.s lewis (laughs) Lewis. Uh, yeah god's not using anybody but the southern baptist well that's very narrow-minded and and myopic and not helpful 
because he's definitely using other brothers and sisters. And we're, I think we're being forced in the milieu that we're in. And, and for anybody who goes, what is a milieu? Um, in the cultural context yeah, we're in. Yeah. Uh, in the way. It's in yeah, the, the French right. word for in the way. Yeah. So uh, I used to have a guy, Mid-America Baptist Seminary, Dr. Gray Allison. He was from down in Louisiana, Ida, Louisiana. Had a real thick southern accent. And he'd call it Miller. He'd say, <laughs> in the Miller. Soul winner's Miller. Well, in the milieu of life, right, um, the, the way, uh, I think we're being forced because we're saying, we're seeing things differently that was probably always there, mm-hmm. just not so vocal. And we realize we, if we don't stick, if we, what is the, the revolutionary uh, phrase? If we don't all hang together, we shall certainly all, all hang, hang separately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we need to coalition together yeah, on some right. of these things. And, um, and yes, stand on essentials. And be very clear about the essentials and and not compromise that at all, but charity on those things that maybe we don't dis maybe we don't agree on, but but we can say okay, well you believe that and I believe this, but we mm-hmm. we love Jesus and we love each other, yeah. and that's helpful. And I think it's helpful even on those things to understand one another. I mean, it it makes you able it it helps pastors to teach and disciple to be able to distinguish from where my denomination is different from the others, but very often. Um, church members uh you know you're moving to a new city and and the churches there are really different from the church and and understanding these kind of doctrinal differences and doctrinal backgrounds i think one of the things a group like the gospel coalition does is when um we can encourage people in how the the church uh universal is is loving loving christ um and point to uh Places where there are friends, where there may not be people that are exactly like you, but they're they're friends in the faith. And so I hope that's one of the things we're doing as well. Very good. Very good. So, Jared, as we close today, um, anything you would say, I really want people to know this, either about Gospel Coalition or about your ministry that would be helpful that we didn't cover. Yeah, we covered a lot, didn't we? Um, I think... um, Whenever I'm asked this question, I just like to quote Galatians 2.20. Um, I, I think I want to encourage people um, in the life you live every day, live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Um, that's how the Apostle Paul defined his life. Um, and so look outside yourself to the one who gave himself for you. Um, and um, I think when we're doing that, we're looking outside of ourselves to the Savior. Um, it it brings us to a place of humility where we're willing to learn learn from others as well. And so, I hope that that good news of the gospel is something we're encouraging people in at at TGC. Um, but certainly, as I've gotten the opportunity um, to to speak to the folks here at Broadway Baptist this weekend. Um, I, I've been really encouraged by your people and, and their service and um, and just it's been a joy and privilege to be with them and to even learn from the way that you're loving one another. So continue in the faith. Look outside yourself to Jesus. He is the one who, who leads us through the so, way, the milieu. The, there you go. Yeah. And it's certainly <laughs> encouraging in the milieu of, of where we are to see that there's a lot of togetherness so mm-hmm. as dark as the world seems to be, 
Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of people are coming together, aka Gospel Coalition. Yeah. So that's positive, right? That is. That's a good. That's well, good news. Yeah, good news. So on that note, we will end. Thank you, Jared, for coming and being with us and being on this podcast. And with that, we will end this edition of Footnotes. Until next time. And that's another episode of our podcast, Footnotes. We drop our podcast each Friday, so be sure to tune in, check us out, and listen. Footnotes is a ministry of Broadway Baptist Church located in South Haven, Mississippi. We're located right outside of the Metro Memphis area. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at broadwaychurch.org. Until next time, it's Footnotes.